We are recording. Okay. And adjust sound and unplug speakers. Do, do, do. No, 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 no not yet. There is a sneeze coming. It's like on its way and everything. Is it here yet? Can I hit play? Let's I'm gonna play, hit play, and then I'm gonna sneeze. And then you're gonna sneeze, and we're gonna spend the first five minutes of this motherfucker laughing. Oh my god, it's 50 minutes long. It's 50 oh, minutes shit. long. Forgot about that. Okay. We're gonna be doing this and then immediately going to bed. Yeah, so we get up early. That's okay. gonna let you enjoy it. Go for it. This is the Can last time <laughs> I'm gonna have to do this. <laughs> I might be happy, but I might also cry a whole lot. Complete improv, ladies and gentlemen. That was completely off the top of her head. Congratulations. That was very good. Ah, peace out. No, you're staying. Anyway, um, hey guys, so it's the last one. Uh, the last one. The last the, one. There's no more after this one. None's more. Because this is the last of Well, them. I guess there could be more if they went and listened to the old ones. Which I am promoting, uh, as you may have known, if you participated this month, you did Avalon Thoughts with me and Chris and uh, Pete Milan and a couple other folks. Um, they took my best friend. And uh, we had a lot of fun. It uh, brings a lot of uh, depth to the show Just if you re-listen from the beginning, knowing wait. what you know at the end. So, pretty cool. Um, so anyway, that being said, here we are at the end of the journey. Um, the last episode. As you might have been able to tell, there's only two options that's left for, for a final fight here. And Tim goes for it, falls to the wall, goes for the final fight. Um, also, obviously, if you haven't listened to this... Stop listening. No, Dutton. I Episode know. Episode then commentary. We really like you too, but really you're listening out of order and you'll be much happier if you come back and hey, we're here forever. You can always listen to us. <laughs> but, uh, yes, so Morgan has lost her son and pretty much uh, with that, all give a damns have been broken. Uh, no more F's or give. No, no more F's to give. And she just goes full on like Galadriel in Lord of the Rings, I guess is the best way to put it. All shall love me yes, and despair. Yes, that one, that one. I'm not a Tolkien fan, so uh, I just lost every listener. I say with my, <laughs> with my white tree of Gondor sweater with yes. its one ring speech and elvish on the arms. Yes, I'm a nerd. It's beautiful. Um... So yes, so uh, let's talk about the episode some. Uh, originally, when we did this episode, there was very little, uh, uh, none of the, almost none of the gods and goddesses scenes were in this. Uh, that they weren't even, so, they weren't in the so I think we've talked about it some, and we'll, I'll talk about it, I know I'm going to talk about it on the 50, um, the episode 50 reel. Uh, so we actually wrote the last three episodes out on note cards. Yep. 
back in February of 2009 or 10, 10, February 2010, and we had had them ever since, so when we actually sat down to write this last fall, um, we were referring back to these pieces of paper we had had, you know, for a for almost two years, no, for over two years. Yep. And we realized that we had this final episode and Genesis and Exodus Avalon were in it maybe a minute. Because originally it was really just everybody on the sidelines watching this fight and then the judgment scene happens. And the judgment was very different. There was no there was no intrigue. It was, yeah, it was just the god and the gods show up and say, No, you fail. And yeah. and, and and Jaina and Sam spent the entire episode on the sideline with Marin and Noir and Natalie and everyone else, and we were sitting there looking at it. Probably we were writing episode forty-eight. I don't even know. I just know that. No, we, I think it's when we first we were getting to that. Back. We were getting to that point, and I was like, "Oh God, we don't have a plot for half of this." And I actually think the thought that went through my head was, "We can't write it the way we have it, Cat." She's like, "Why?" And I'm like. Because Jeffrey will hand it back to us and say the show is called Genesis <laughs> yes! not Tim. If it was called Tim, King of England, you could have this be the episode. But this is Genesis Avalon. Genesis Avalon needs to be in this episode more. And Kat kind of laughed and said, oh shit, you're right. Because, you know, we had played up a lot of the, the conflict she was feeling with the Morrigan um, prior to the battle. And then we kind of it kind of drops off because of her her journey through the underworld. Yeah. Um, Do you accept my challenge? And then when she comes back, there's more of that conflict. And uh, and and then when we were looking at episodes forty-eight through fifty, and we were talking about these episodes, I was like, oh, you know what? Let's play that up. Let's let me. Add. This is one of the few instances of me actually doing some spontaneous writing on on this show that's been very very detailed and incredibly outlined ever since I started. I mean, this is one of those shows where after the first season, when I kind of had only had a season outlined and I didn't really know where I was going for some of those aspects from season two on i knew exactly where the show was gonna go to the end of season three and then by the time we got to the end of season three i knew exactly where season four was gonna go um but this was nice because this gave me a chance to do some um more exploration of the gods and goddesses of the of the world and ultimately hammer home the message that the thing that makes avalon and jaina and sam specifically the pinnacle of the Avalons uh, is because Jay? they are what's, what's phenomenally the strong people. No, it has nothing to do with them having way. abilities. Yeah. The reason why they're the perfect Exodus and Avalon for each other is because they complement each other perfectly as people. Yeah. And because they understand each other. Even though they fight like cats and dogs at times, and even though they'll sit there and tell each other, no, don't do the thing, and one of them goes, I, Jaina Masterson, have done the thing! Um, it, ultimately, they, they move past it because... You know, Sam knows that if he says no, which she does it anyway, he knows well enough to ask her what her plan is, to yeah. find out her motivation. Um, they don't fight, just fight. But they don't. They don't just fight. They they come up with a solution. Yeah. They'll fight the entire time they're completing the solution, but they'll at least come up with something. As evidenced by what happened in 
episode 36, the unrated edition. <laughs> or episode 35, the unrated edition. <laughs> Knights of the realm of Camelot, stand aside and honor your god. Also, giving, uh, giving David the chance to be Camulus was amazing because he's only, like, like the way that season three builds up, he gets to embody Camulus a little bit, but it's still him in control. Still Sam. Whereas Jaina has a moment where she is the Mordigan and Avalon united, and this is the first time where they all are completely separated from those gods, and they are those gods. Yeah. It's really cool to have um, Laura, David, and um, Alicia all playing the gods and playing themselves. It's very cool. Well, and we got to we got to explore something that we hadn't really before in that. We've clearly, obviously, seen Jaina's conflict with her patron god. We've seen a little bit of Sam's with Camulus, but we never saw Natalie fight with the lady well, and, and, in this kind of way. Oh yeah, and it's you know, and it's interesting because their relationship has always been different. It's always been the, the most copacetic of the three. You know, she took on. You know, Natalie took on the Lady of the Lake and immediately trusted her and let her in. By the end of season two, they were one force united. And so it was really interesting to get to write uh, a, a part of the arc where Natalie is flat out disagreeing with the lady. And it, unlike Camulus and Morrigan, where Jaina and Sam are kind of surprised and not surprised that this is where they're going in that direction, because they're both battle gods, with uh, with Natalie, it's an absolute shock to her that a goddess of, 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 of life-giving waters and divine providence for the sake of a peaceful kingdom would be willing to throw her hat in to do this. So, um, this scene right here has, uh, sort of Tim's last couple of goodbyes before he goes into that fight alone. So I guess now's a good time for me to talk about Olivia's role in Yes, um, because in, in this... very different. It is very different. Um, so, so as you guys can kind of tell, by the end of this, uh, story, Olivia has been set up as Tim's bodyguard right-hand man, whatever you want to call it, but more importantly, they are in a position where they... It is very likely that right after this, they probably started dating. Yeah. Um, if not dating, they definitely slept together and eventually got to the point where they were dating, um, because I don't know how much the King of England, the new King of England, who's not the Elizabethan Tudor line would have I don't know how what he what type what type of well, he has and, but and um well and the other thing is that she's also kind of not she's kind of she's kind of Lancelot to his Arthur even though we Leo, have, a we have yeah. Lancelot but in the in the idea of the knight who came from a foreign land yeah who isn't a part of the culture who who doesn't really know you how they fit in. Yeah. But gets very close to the throne very quickly. Yeah, and and Wait. so So that's kind of where she ends, and you can kind of see that uh she makes a very clear decision in forty nine 
Uh, she has one of two options. She can either be Caridwyn's servant, mm -hmm. which means she'd have to leave this battle. This battle is not what Caridwyn wants her to be doing. Yeah. Not because Caridwyn doesn't care about this battle, but because Caridwyn had one very specific purpose for her. Take things that humans should not have out of human hands. Period. She is the Catwoman. That's what she does. Mm -hmm. um, no magic blast. But as you've seen Only all this season, we have built an arc wherein at some point, once she starts spending more time with Tim and realizing that she wants to step into Tim's life and really be there for him, suddenly Caribou pulls back. Her ability to wolf out is gone by, the, by, by this point. By this point, she's normal. Completely normal. And it's her strength as, as just being a seasoned person who's lived a very long time, has a lot of life experience, being someone who can uh, mentor and lead others. And that is not at all where this character was going when I first conceived of her end arc for the show. And you can kind of see it in, 30, in season three. Originally in season three, uh, where we kind of rest at the end of uh, 36, um, Olivia is with the kids. She's not in the last fight. It's not her fight to have. And originally I, I toyed with the notion um, of having a, a, having a reverse to what happened to Noir. So Noir became a guardian because he was cursed. And he then found Avalons, and the Avalons took him in, and that was his, you know, that, that became his mission. Uh, originally, Olivia was to sacrifice her human form to remain Alicia and Jack's companion, and to fulfill the role that Noir would eventually want to step out of as he stays with Natalie. Um, and that was kind of where it was going to end at the end of season three. As we started Why looking at season four and I started examining the chemistry of the actors we had, one of the things that I really liked was, uh, Chris's chemistry with, uh, with, at the time, Megan, and then, and then Teresa. Um, and I really liked it, and I, and I... It's one of the few instances where I went, well, let me change my plan, because I don't really have, I hadn't, wasn't, I wasn't planning on doing anything with it, so it wasn't an arc that I didn't have a problem changing, but as a result, I completely shifted Olivia's arc away from being the new guardian for the Avalons, because in a world where Arthur is king, and you have the Pax Arturia, the piece of Arthur, um, you don't need a guardian to be the sole provider of all knowledge and protection for the Avalons. Alicia and Jack are going to grow up with Sam and Jaina in their prime, able to teach them everything they know. And on top of that, Noir and Natalie can teach them everything they know. And on top of that, they've got all the knights of the round table who are going to be protecting the kingdom. So it was way more important for me to give Olivia a sense of home. Um, I felt like she had plenty of purpose. Purpose was not an issue for her. I wanted her to have a home. And I really felt that in doing the storyline this way, that's what she ends up with at the end. So that's the interesting story of where Olivia was originally going to go. Um, and it wound up completely shifting. And I like this. I, think, I really like this. I think this turns out much better. Um, and there's more that I want to do with her. 
wipe away. But not within the scope of just the show. Get so a new one. This one of those things where I will have if I was writing another season, you'd see more. Cameras. Um, but yeah, so I talked a lot. I hope that was worth it. I hope that was interesting to you guys and not complete waste of time. I think it was very interesting. I'm horribly biased. You are horribly biased. This was such a fun uh, series of scenes to write. I wrote all of the goddess yeah. scenes. I'm not even gonna... Like, I wrote this scene, I wrote all the ones of the kids in the ether, because I was so pumped about it. So Chris took all of the, uh, the majority of the Tim and... I think he took all of the Tim and Morgan scenes, and then I took one or two of the uh, outside, outside yeah. of the fight scenes. That is no reason to wipe out the island. But this scene especially, I thought, was really my favorite to write, because it was nothing but the gods communing. And that was so cool, because in all the Genesis of Avalon, we've never done that. We all know I had never had the opportunity to do it, and we finally had found a reason to do it, so that was very cool. I don't think we should make this decision so lightly. There is Oh, that god. That poor god. I'm so sorry, man and I'm clear. You apparently can't have anybody say your name right. Everybody said it differently. Ah! Poor man and on. Poor Mac. Then so I guess we can talk about that. So uh, yeah, that's that's, that's definitely that, that's um, in this episode. That, that does already listen. I will let you enjoy. You can go ahead and explain that because it's just as much your idea as it is mine. So the thought the thought process is that now that we've entered, really ever since Jaina came back from the underworld, that really shook things up. Mm -hmm. And with Tim accepting his crown, we've entered into a new era of magic. You know, there was the olden days where we had, ma you know, people were open about belief in magic, and magic was everywhere back during the first realm of King Arthur. And then since then, we've fallen away from magic and away from magic. And now that Arthur's back, we're entering into this new realm of magic, which is part of the reason why you don't need a guardian anymore. Yeah. Because now there's going to be open magic academies and more and more people coming out of the woodwork no witch to learn magic. No, no more witch hunts. Yeah. So... So, we have this, this thing set up where Genesis and, Avalon, uh, Genesis and Exodus are the male and female god. They're the male and female avatars of the gods. And the, the female gods tend to, tend to back Genesis, and the male gods tend to back Exodus. And did we say it's never happened the other way around, or that it's really rare? It is rare that the patron of a Genesis is a male, as opposed to being a female goddess. Yeah. Because especially since it's, it's, it's normal for Genesis to be able to summon both gods and goddesses at her command, but an Exodus can only ever summon a god. He cannot talk to a goddess. But, but the fact that, that you know, having a, fem having a male patron, the way that... The way that uh, that yeah, I, I almost called her uh, Mab. Um, <laughs> the way that the triplicate goddess is for Jay. Yeah. Um, and and in the scenes with the wee bit. The wee bit. The wee bit. You didn't just let Morgan in. You let them Alicia? all in. Alicia? Yeah. <laughs> Um, in the scenes with Alicia, 
She keeps talking about a guy who's helping. And in the scenes with the gods, they're talking about the only god that hasn't shown for this consort. You know, we're only hearing the three, but all the rest of the gods are there, citing, kind of like letting these main three speak for them. Um, that god is made an unclear, and the reason why he's not there with the other gods is because he's with his little. He has found, he's taken an interest in Alicia. His, his little Avalon that he has picked. And I don't know if we actually, I think it was something we just talked about. It is, it is not knowledge that Alicia gains. Alicia, at the end of the, that scene, uh, hears the seagulls, and there is a man who's standing there with, you know, dark beard and, and uh, surrounded by the sounds of the sea. Yeah. But she doesn't know who he is, and I think he, I think Marin, I think sort Marin of, kind of sort of like hints that there's a god on their side. Yeah. Um, but it was something that was definitely for you and I because it's one of those things of as I've mentioned, if if when I get around to writing the next Genesis and Exodus, when I do get to Jack and Alicia's storylines, uh, Alicia and Mainanon have a very interesting relationship due to the fact that it's a different it's a different era. It's a different era. It's a different time. The Genesis and Exodus are not going to have to behave the way they've always had to behave in the past. In the past, they've always had to be partner, physical partners, romantic partners, and battle partners. In the past, they've always had to perform the great right in order to have the wherewithal to defeat their most badass yep. enemies. These are still our bodies. But now that we're into this new era, things are changing, rules are changing. So that's kind of a one of the... There are many hints in this particular episode to things that might happen down the road in sequels. Yeah, mainly because we're trying to wrap up the storylines we've given you guys. But... Um, that is one of the few things that does get very heavily touched on. Is uh, and Mainanon is one of Cat's favorite gods. He is. So. I do love me Mainanon. In case anyone's curious about who Mainanon Maclear is, he is a very old sea god. Uh, he creates the Celts, he, the Celtic gods, doesn't he? Uh, the other Celtic gods. He's yeah. He's he's really old. Um, and I'm trying to remember. I can't remember off my head if he's. Native to Ireland, or if he is Welsh god, he might be Welsh. Um, but uh, but he is literally the son of the sea, and his father gave him a ship called the Wave Sweeper that uh, can travel instantaneously through the sea. Uh, no one can see it, and it doesn't. It it, it, it nothing can stop it. Um, and he is sort of like a combination of like. A, um, a Loki type god, only without the nasty repercussions. He's like a combination of Loki and Odin. Yeah. He's very old. He is uh, a mentor to many, many, many gods. Lou of the Longhand himself. Uh, and uh, and I think at some point, Camulus. Uh, stay on his isles in the other world. And. Uh, and and sort of stay there when they're in their youth and learn things and ma you know Main and I gives them gifts and stuff like that and uh, he is he is still worshipped he still has a cult in modern Judaism um, and in our modern neo paganism I guess I should say and uh, he's he's also a trickster in that he will disguise himself as things and try try to fool you with riddles. And he loves but to knock people down. Years ago. 
He loves to give people a dose of hubris, man. Um, and uh, he's just one of my favorite gods. I really like him, and I'm really excited because if I ever do anything in the future with Alicia and Jack, I know he'll be a key component of it, and I'm really excited to play with that because Mac is a bit of a Lotharia. He's got, like, three wives and several lovers. So you're saying he's like a normal god. And, uh... And he really takes a liking to people that he can mentor, and that's what I'm really excited about. So, okay, that was that was just di digression. So back to the episode. Where are we again? What's going on? Who's dying? Tim, Tim is finally uh, getting to Morgan. Oh, nice. Yeah. Tim's doing what barristers do best, talk somebody to rage. <laughs> you damned solicitor. Oh my god, she's <laughs> Meanwhile, Nat is like two seconds away from a panic attack. No, I think Nat's there. <laughs> Nat is in panic. This is, this is, this is the insane. She's gone past panic attack into insanity. Oh, okay, so she's pixies, what you're telling me. She has the crazy eyes. She has the crazy eyes. Then what makes you think Mordred would have stopped if we killed Morgan? Laugh. Look at what Morgan's doing. That kid was unstable before he was shoved into a half-demon body. <laughs> and now <laughs> Jaina has to kind of explain herself a wee bit. Guys, we were losing. This is the only way to make Morgan stop without more collateral damage. Guys! We had enough. We lost Jake. I know. And I know it hurts like To be fair, this is a much-needed fight I'm because worried. they were not in we sync and they the suffered for it. Yeah. Now we've lost Lancelot. If they were in no, sync, they might not haven't. have lost control of the gods no. in this instance. Yeah. You they still would have they still would have, you know, suffered the losses they did in that fight. There was no way they could have gotten yeah. out of that fight to save Jake. Jake didn't want to be saved. But if Jada had maybe explained things a little better beforehand, then maybe he wouldn't have then maybe, you know. Sam would have been so angry at her when she killed Mordred. Yeah, it's just it's all sorts of all over the place. A lot of... <laughs> it's messy, okay, guys. A lot of bad feelings. So we have good feelings. Good feelings. We've seen Frozen four times, guys. I'm in such a frozen I think this is a completely acceptable amount of times to see Frozen. We could go see it again sometime soon. I've got it's a making coupon. me want to work on Adam Smasher, so I'm not complaining. Now they're going to be like, what's Adam Smasher, Cat? What's Adam Smasher? Too bad! <laughs> Only I get to know. There is actually a name drop of Adam Smasher in I know. 40. I know. Calhoun says her name. She exists in this universe. Just she does. Yet. Just you haven't seen her yet. I hate this. Bloody hate this. Stuck here. While Tim's in there fucking. <laughs> Meanwhile, Gabe is having a time. complete and total breakdown. If we even look I love like that boy. The gods will end this. I believe more of this. What do you mean? Jason's so fun. He, he clearly enjoys playing. We should rule the mortal world. Oh, I hated this line. I wrote it. I wrote it for myself, and then I sat there looking at it as I was having to record it, going, "Oh, why? Why would I do this to myself?" I can't tell you how many Asara lines I did that to myself on. Oh my god. Jack and Alicia are so cute. They're just like this little, these little rays of sunshine that bounce into a room. I thought you both would die. We almost did. 
In fact, I think I did die for a while. I thought all luck. I thought this was kind of fun to do too. That uh, that that this really is like this vortex of fighting and spirituality. That Stonehenge is sort of a natural yep. catch-all. Yep. Um. So you oh, can actually do things like bring people back. And we find out here what happened to all of the warriors on the good side who died because Tammy says it. So when they ask Tammy what happened, she says, I I think I did die. I went somewhere and it was all lush and green. I think my grandma was there or whatever. Yeah, or something like that. Uh, that's the Summerlands. And, and so all of the Avalons they called out of basically Purgatory and the Summerlands and Jake, who in the end were the only ones who actually died. Yeah. I mean, as you guys know, at the end of the episode, the only real casualty of the whole fight was Jake. And that was a chosen casualty. He was ready to go. He could have retreated, but he was ready to go. Yeah. Which is kind of nice, because we face, we, we face that whole thing of knowing when it's your time and facing your destiny. And, and stuff that we've skirted around before because people have thought it's been their time. But they've always been brought back somehow. Yeah. In this universe, when it really is your time, it really is your time. Will, somehow it's gonna happen. Yep. Miss <laughs> Line. Everything hurts. My everything hurts. Oh. No. Oh. This is this is the part I like. Gwen. Where's Gwen? She needs to kiss me where it hurts. She needs to kiss me. I need Gwen to kiss me where it hurts. It's like, great. Thanks, Leo. Way to have your priorities in order, buddy. I imagine there were a lot of bloopers out of that one line um, that couldn't be I get shared a lot on of, a PG-13. I get a lot of bloopers out of him in general. Uh, a lot of ad-libs that I can't actually use. Him and David Alt. Yep. David is notorious for it. Well, and Chris Britton. And his are like we haven't had And Chris Britton, but we haven't had Chris on the show in a while. Nope, because I don't like him, so I killed him. <laughs> somewhere kidding, somewhere in London, Chris Britton is now crying. He doesn't know why. It is, it is like the middle of the night for him. He just woke up crying. He just woke up sobbing. So Chris Britton. If you woke up sobbing at something a.m. on January the 9th, we apologize, but not really. I don't really apologize because I love you. And it's working. Well, then, come on, Lot. Let's do the one thing we have left that we can do. Zero more. <laughs> because what are a bunch of Brits good for? Cheering. Football cheering, Football man. Football cheering, man. Of course. He can't hear any of it, but they don't know that. By the way, I can't tell you how hard it is to actually do a fight scene with literally no no atmosphere around them. It's completely devoid of atmosphere. I imagine that's difficult. It was weird, because I wanted to make it... You know, you're trying to make sure it sounds good, but you're also like, I don't have any background noise to cover anything up that doesn't sound good. And you would do the work of a courtier. I would do the work that needs done for my people and my country. Oh, Tim. It's always been my plan. Being the king of Avalon helps that. And kind of Tim has... Here's where we see fully that Tim, Tim has realized that he was always doing this. Because yep. he always wanted to go into public service, 
he always was becoming a lawyer to help people. Humans are not worthy of such lofty goals. If I lived as long as you had. And I love this music. It's so good. Enough. You will regret fighting me. It's like the perfect song for this scene. As he figures out how to do it. What he is and who he is. And how he needs to finish this fight. You've lost. No. No. So don't you even think of accusing me of cheating. <laughs> don't even think about it, Brad. There's so much badassery in one scene. Yep. I was really glad that we got to go this far, man. Like, when I was finishing, when we were just talking about season four, I wasn't really sure how we were going to pull it all off, and we did. Like, it... it my mind is bloomed. It was never a part of the plan, but then again, I was never part of the plan. No. This was never part of the plan. <laughs> I like how you suddenly turned into Yzma for no reason there. See, do you want to know why? Because I was thinking through what I was going to say on the episode 50 thing, and thinking about how I got the Lilith voice in the first place, and I was like, oh, because it's Yzma as a cat. Oh, really? Yeah. Think about it. Well, that, yeah, that makes perfect sense, yes, but it's also... Awesome. My name is you perish, son oh. of Uther. Yep, can't win fair fight with somebody who does not know how to fight fair. Oh, fair? What's that? Jay, we can't. Who literally does not know we how to fight to. fair. What you're asking is impossible. It's not impossible! Your ego's never stopped. Impossible! You know what's impossible? For a plain yellow pumpkin to become a golden carriage, okay? Impossible! For a plain country bumpkin and a prince to join in marriage. And four white mice can never be four white horses. Such fall de and fiddly dee, of course it is. Exactly! It's impossible! Oh, Lord! Little Rogers and Hammerstein Reeboks! Hi, we're halfway through. We're more than halfway through this commentary. I hope you've at least paused once to go have a drink and a pee. We'll be back for Act Three, Two. Oi, Rogers and Hammerstein to spam a lot. That one was all you. I didn't have anything to do with that. Make them hear. Sorry, I was listening to Ragtime earlier. Oh God! Sorry. Okay, we've had a Frozen reference. Roger Jefferson, Cinderella, Ragtime, Spamalot. All we're missing is talking about how Jaina's a little artsy. She's hip and cool. Oh my god, I love you! I don't even know if anyone's gonna get that. Nope. But if you haven't heard First Date the musical, you need to go find it. It's Zach Levi being adorable, and it, the cast is awesome. Yes! So here we have no, 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 Tim, our our Tim, three no, no, our three heroes Tim, realizing that that they actually are kind of better than the gods. And meanwhile, uh, Tim was about to get totally betrayed, yes. so they uh, they just took Stepped control, in. man. And the wall has fallen. Yep. Now, come face your death on your knees, like the boy you are. In my head, I just imagine, I just imagine, like, like a really, like, uh, Valley Girl version of, uh, of, of, of Olivia being like, oh, what does that even mean? Badass 
Sorcery has ensued! You're all screwed, it's the end of the world! So much good music in this, man. So if you didn't know what had happened here, if you couldn't catch it, uh, basically the gods weren't going to stop it. They were going to let Tim die at Morgan's hands, and then they were going to punish Morgan and go back to controlling things the way that they have and really nothing was going to change and that's something else we might tackle in a later Avalon me um but when they went Jaina Salmon and Nat realized that they stepped up and they said they took control of the gods so that's just how badass they be Yeah, I think this I wrote everything up till this point. I got, this was all me, yeah. yeah. And then the best part about this was, so Jeffrey was reading it, and he caught the one thing that is a direct reference to Adam Smasher. That, and he was like, that's not ominous or anything, because there's a point where they go, I banish you to the space between atoms. And he goes, because that's a great idea. And I was like, yeah, that's important to something else. <laughs> So even though I'm not actually working on another pendant project right now in this universe, you guys can know with, with complete and total satisfaction that everything I write that's my fantasy stuff like this, this is urban fantasy, it's all the same universe in yeah. some way, shape, or form. You will see characters move back and forth, you will see characters connect. Um, so anything you ever find by me that's not fanfiction, that's original, chances are it's related to this. So hopefully that means like in a year or so when I finally am able to get published, you guys will be reading the same kinds of, you'll be, not kinds of stories, but you'll be reading things that reference stuff that happened here. You know, you'll be reading things about characters like Adam Smasher, uh, who is really cool and a lot of fun. Oh look, the place between atoms! I don't know if that was Jay's best idea. I think she was really mad. And as far as she's concerned, it worked. She's gone, right? So does that mean Morgan's a quark now? Yes. A she strange now, attractor. She is now part of Ferengi. She must learn all of the rules of acquisition. I think she already knows them. <laughs> she probably does. Poor Noir. That little voice of reason. You and your king shall be spared. It's kind of hard to separate them now because they've become one with the gods and they're controlling the gods and the gods are also controlling yeah, them. Yeah, it's very much a back and forth thing. Until, as you're about to see, Jaina splits that sh she just friggin' calls them into that yeah. right then and there and she takes over. Do not question us, Noir. We are I had no gods. idea how I was going to mix this. I'm glad it came out at least 50% as cool as most of my head. It came out rock awesome. Your head is an impossible standard. It really is. I've never done anything as good as it's out of my head. Forsake me. No, Morgan. I am standing up to you, as you would expect me to do. Yeah. Insolent you want insolence? I'm brilliant with that. Oh, oh Sam! Yes, Sam. Hi, I'm Sam Tyler. I subsist on sass. I am 
100% made of sass. People are fine just the way they are. Get up, Jay. Lost your medal. Knock it off. I am not. I like that she just told the Battle Raven to knock, knock it off. Oh, Jay. When she's a fifth grader in class who won't stop throwing spitballs. Uh, there's a small part of me that thinks she learned that from Dr. Matthews. Yeah. She learned the, 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 the my family version of knock it off! As Pete said, he really appreciates characters like Dr. Matthews because they do in fact, uh, they do in fact, uh, kick the, uh, kick the mystic types in the butt. Back off! She's right. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. And so not only is this a new era of magic, it's a new era of relationship between gods and mortals. Yep. Which also will play into effect in future thingies. Yes. You would sacrifice yourself for the greater battle. Morgan, I would kill for them. I love that! Jane is all like, no, I'm not gonna die for them. I'd freaking kill everything for them. Including you, bitch. Including you, and then she goes, oh, oh you no, are mine, I chose well. <laughs> Just be sure to do the same. Yup, that's right. Gives the gods an ultimatum and then sasses them. Cat, you have goosebumps like whoa crazy. Oh, Holy smokes. Y'all can't see it, but Cat's arm looks like something out of a freaking, uh, uh, like, Ripley's Believe It or Not. Thanks, that's comforting. There's so many. I am fascinated by this. I'm actually like, are you having an allergic reaction? No, you're just totally odd out. Jaina. And now you're blushing. Your are... <laughs> now I'm gonna point out that you're blushing. Shut up! It's cute. Shut up! I want to hear the cute proposal. Okay. Oh, that I wrote. <laughs> Why not? Well, how am I supposed to follow that with a proposal? I mean, marriage seems like a completely mundane thing beside the gave the gods a tongue lashing. <laughs> there were so many bloopers. Did you just ask me to marry you? I think you're gonna say yes. Did we lose anyone? Just one, I think. Jake. Well, I hope you guys had a nice bathroom break. We did. <laughs> it, was, it was instantaneous. It was impromptu and instantaneous. There was no transition. We should like pause and play. Intermission music there <laughs> and do the drive in I'm thing when you mix it back that. together. Yes, yes, this needs done. I'm sorry you have to wait so long. So, what happens now? I mean, it's a very good question, Cooper. Cooper Brown asking the important questions in life. But we won. What do we do now? What happens next? Where's the beer? Yeah. It's all I can say in a Nazi accent, too. How sad and, and national and, and like, zingoistic is that? How, I don't think it's that. It's an awful Australian accent, too. I'm sorry, Australia. I like you. And we better tell her what happened before she finds out. Now my brain's just playing the end of the world skit. <laughs> WTF, mate. Right? 
It's a lot of reporters. Yes, it is a lot of reporters. I suppose you can't raise magical armies and dragons and erect a magical barrier in the middle of one of the nation's largest tourist destinations and not expect anyone to notice, can you? That was, so what that was very wordy, but very clever, Edward. No. No, we don't hide. And the era of hiding from reporters is over. And somewhere in the middle of the Twitterverse, Pete Milo screams, Thank you, God! No more Julian! What's next, your majesty? I don't know. So this that actually has been a storyline building since episode two. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I always knew that with instant communication and so much digital communication and information gathering, it was going to be impossible for the Avalons to stay out of the limelight forever. Forever, And that's why, you know, No More Heroes got started and why in the U.S. they cracked down so hard that they treat them like terrorists. Older than you can imagine. And who are you? Well, I'm Timothy Arthur. And this... This is Excalibur. Oh. Yes. Like that. Happy music. Because it's a happy ending. We're not done yet. We're pretty damn close. With... For those of you who are big music aficionados of this show, that is Sam's theme... Uh, Jaina has a similar one, but hers is the harp. Yes. Disorienting things I've done in my life. I thought it was nice to use it because I had used it in a very long time. So we open the entire story with a letter being written. And we, uh, we open this season with Sam getting to be the one to pen that letter. And so, of course, he gets to close the series. And the season with the, with his letter. And I really like how this, I knew, so, so, so as you all know, if you're fans of the show, you've been so, hopefully for a long time, uh, you know that I have been constantly harangued by my ungrateful actors for not giving Jaina and Sam a happy ending or a happy day. I think, uh, so, so, so finally I, uh, I gave, I gave Laura her wish, and at the very end of this, they go on a picnic. They have a completely normal day. You took a you took a note from nine, and on this day, everybody lives. Everybody lives. Yep, exactly. And I always knew I wanted them to have a good ending of some kind. That's why when originally it was going to end at the end of season three, they're at a cafe hanging out with Dr. Matthews. Yep. That's why I'm watching. But uh. And this was nice because, you know, this season you really got to see a lot of things from Sam's perspective, and it was really nice to be able to kind of finish out the season with his perspective on things. And, and, and of course, uh, their love theme plays here as well. It's, it's one of those things of I got ridiculously schmoopy when I was doing this because I knew it was the end. So I wanted to make sure that, um... You guys, okay, you guys don't understand. Cat is not a procrastinator by nature. That's me. Cat is the person who has the episode finished three weeks before it's due. Cat's the one who gets angsty if the episode isn't done two days before it's due, okay? Cat put finishing this episode off for two months. send her that damn letter, she'll never get it. Oh, no. And now it begins... I started writing it. I in said the I wasn't US gonna cry. We both knew that that was a farce. 
so I don't know. You're going to make me cry because no. I can't no. to watch you cry. No, don't look at me. Don't look at me. Someone's going to touch the shoes. my face away. So now that we've reached the end, Catherine has become a blurbly mess. I think I it's adorable. Thinking. You probably all think it's adorable too. No, you just don't get to horrible. see it. Jana, it's horrible. I think you're onto something there. That sounds like a cracking idea. <laughs> That's what I thought. Genesis Avalon um, and Exodus Avalon go on a picnic. Oh, <laughs> and everybody has a happy ending. For now. <laughs> and this is indeed the ending for now. Yep, this is it. 50 episodes on pendant audio since 2007 when you first brought it over. 2009 is when it premiered. 2009 so. is when it premiered. It's been a long four years and a long eight years for all of you who have been uh, uh, involved in the show since the beginning. If you, you know, found it on the VAA, if I cast you on the VAA, and um, for those of you who have stuck through, um, thank you so much. Uh, this has been a really awesome experience. It's a really long chapter of my life. I'm kind of surprised it's now over. Um, a lot of the, the stories that I've written since then have been uh, because of this show and because of the inspiration and all of the uh, support you guys have given me. Pendant has meant a lot and being able to bring Avalon here and give it a voice um, has been absolutely amazing. So. Um, Thank you guys so much. I'm gonna let Chris do all the outro stuff because I'm crying. So, this is our last time to give a shout out to our entire cast. Featuring the voice talents of They're all Laura Post as Dana so Masterson slash Genesis Avalon. Awesome. You guys have no idea. Talented. I don't think you understand that. This was a long ass script at the end Alicia of a Matheson season of long ass scripts that came after a season of long ass scripts. Like, I honestly think that Genesis Avalon scripts are generally double what any other show's scripts are. On Jason a good month. Wallace as uh, and this was a 50 a minute long episode, so as Marin. I can't Mindy believe that they stuck with us as long as they did. And we really, truly do thank every single one of them. They're all beautiful motherfuckers. And we're going to miss them all so much. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We really hope that now that it's all over, you'll go back and you'll start with episode one and re listen because the way. The show has been written. We've known where things have been going all along. So there's a lot of stuff in those beginning seasons that lead into this. The first season will have a lot more depth now that you know who Asara is and her story. Thanks to the gods, land of legends. The cats are killing each other behind us. They're so sad. But this is the end. original music by Kevin We don't know when we'll be back. This production um, is copyright
plus, I mean, all of our friends are here. Yeah, that too. Um, and you guys get to finally hear the end of the song. Yeah. So, um, thanks again, guys, and we will see you soon, I'm sure.